Welcome to part two of the Cancer Care Continuum. Today we are going to be talking with Nicole about exercise during treatment. Really, really good stuff. Watching out for red flags, contraindications, some good tools to use and how to refer on if unsure. Listen on, find out the best tips for exercise during treatment. Hello and welcome to the Body Track Academy, created by EPs for EPs. We'll cover all things clinical, business and personal growth to help you and the exercise physiology industry reach its potential. If you enjoyed this episode and find something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review and tell your friends to check it out. If you haven't already joined the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up, join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content. Associates, welcome back to another episode of the Body Track Podcast. I'm sitting down again with Nicole. How are you today, Nicole? Well, thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. No worries. Now, we've been recently, yes, going on about the cancer continuum and we've spoken, if you've heard in the previous one, about kind of prehab or um, that period of Sometimes watchful waiting and how exercise can help in that period as well or pre um, going through treatment as well and how exercise can help. But today, Nicole, where are we on to in the continuum? What are we discussing? So we're going to be talking about the role of exercise during treatment. What can it do? What are its benefits? What does it look like? Wonderful. Okay. Let's go some scenarios. So we've got a, a client coming in who is going through treatment. Let's start with some of the treatments that you commonly see. Mm-hmm. Um, are we seeing mostly chemotherapy? What other treatments have you, immunotherapy, what, what are we seeing? So everything from surgery, chemo, radiation, immunotherapy, and, and all of the above. Yep. Um, it depends what kind of cancer types we're seeing. And often certain cancer types come in usual orders. So we often see um, surgery first with say like a breast cancer, um, then followed up by chemo and radiation. Um, and I can see patients at any stage of that, ideally at the start, ideally before. So I want to see them prehab would be perfect. And then my prescription changes a little bit as they then undergo different types of treatment. Okay, wonderful. Um, let's just go into the treatment a little bit more and what we know about it. So you went with breast cancer, surgery. Tell us a little bit about that. What's the common surgery they, they receive there? So normally we have some form of breast tissue removal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have a lumpectomy where it's just re- removing a smaller um, part of the breast tissue. It's more isolated in one area. Um, or you might have a full mastectomy where you've got full breast tissue removal. Sometimes you've got associated lymph nodes and it just depends how much the cancer has spread. Or they might mm-hmm. be doing it for a, um, a biopsy to see where it has spread. Yeah. So we often see, yeah, the breast tissue removed. Um, and then there's a time period between um, before that's then reconstructed. So that's, again, down the track. We might still see someone after all other treatments. They've had other ones in between. And they've also got recon to work with too. Right. So let's say they've come in and, uh, after having that surgery. How does your prescription uh, differ there? What, what are we looking at? Red flags, considerations. Uh, if, you know, someone's an EP out there, first year dealing with this, what would your go-to tips be for that? So it's really important that the individual who's had a surgery starts to gently move pretty soon after their surgery. Right. Um, Emphasis on gentle. We want to make sure that we're not interrupting any um, surgical um, stitches and and so forth. Mm -hmm. But ideally, most patients will have a physio in the hospital that will help guide them through some safe, gentle movements. We're talking um, like 
clenching the fist, um, straightening the arm from a bent elbow position, mm. gently moving and getting some blood circulation up through the arm and through the shoulder. That's usually in week one and two. And the Cancer Council's got a fantastic resource online for basically early stage movement post breast surgeries, which right. are great. And I often yep. use and, and give out to patients. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, week one and two. And then sort of weeks three and four, when they can start coming back and, and seeing me, we start to gradually start to move the range of motion a little okay. bit further and that's our first priority. We've got yep. to get re range returned before we start adding strength and other movements to it. Yeah. So it's very similar, I guess, to, you know, an orthopedic uh, cycle where there's a knee replacement, like they're getting you moving pretty much. That's right. Day yeah. of, isn't it yep. now? Has that always been the case? No, they used to basically say, rest, recover, don't lift, don't carry, don't mm. move it. And so that's like, when we... Like others. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How, you know, the research has changed and we now know that movement's really good. It's just the right kind of movement. Um, we don't want to overdo things. But that's where, you know, a senior physiotherapist and or an exercise physiologist who understands what surgery you've been through um, and how quickly or slowly that tissue might heal and the rate of progression around that, just guiding them through safe movement. Yeah. Okay. So they just had the surgery. Uh, they've come to see you week three and four and then they're possibly going on to have radio radiation therapy or yep. chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how would your exercise prescription and management of the client there um alter or change and again tips for um tips for our associates out there what are we looking out for um so one thing i forgot to mention before was one of the red flags you mentioned was surgery um if there's any swelling or um edema you, you might find some patients have drains in um unfortunately we can't exercise them with drains in because of the increased risk of more fluid build up yep. now this is different to lymphedema um, this is just more like surgical seroma and, and build up of fluid um and it, ultimately that comes down to the surgeon and like an in-house physio working on that to make sure we can get that drain removed to then be safe to exercise. When okay. I say you can't exercise, you can't exercise that limb. No yeah. reason we can't do some other things as long as it's not causing pain and, and causing increase in fluid like walking yeah. um, or some other lower limb exercises. And just, just on that, have you had clients in that situation yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I've had clients who've had yeah. multiple drains and right. they're coming in with literally like a necklace or a bag holding a bag of fluid, which is attached into their armpit. They've got two wow. drains going in there. Yep. Um, some clients have been really frustrated by how much that's put them out. I've got a breast cancer client at the moment who uh, probably wasn't prepared for that. That wasn't in her timeline. She was really keen to get back into exercise and we had to delay her probably about three to four weeks before she could come see me again. Um, and I was just giving her some home exercises to do with the lower limb in the meantime. Right. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and that conversation around that too, because, if if the clients come in and they're they're having those symptoms, they like the last thing you think you can do is exercise. Mm. So, what's your message in terms of that? Like, you know that it's safe from our what you've just said, but yep. how do you explain that to a client to ensure their safety and exercise as well? Well, I suppose it comes down to who they're seeing. So, they're seeing myself or another physiotherapist or EP who's got experience and and knowledge in an oncology field. Mm. We understand, like I said, sort of the physiology behind what's happened in surgery. Um, and, and why this fluid might be building up. Um, and even having the case, you might have to, you know, talk to the oncologist or the team so that that patient feels comfortable that we have understood the procedure. Um, and just explaining, well, the lower half of the body isn't directly associated with the site there that's affected. So yeah, fantastic. we yeah. can get some movement of fluid and safe return and pump that way. Um, and it's all symptom management. So you give them things to look out for. Mm -hmm. um, so if things do change, they know, okay, that didn't work or... I've got to keep an eye out for this to make sure it's not getting any worse. Yep. Fantastic. All right. We went a little bit of a tangent yep, there around there, but this is very interesting stuff. Um, uh, because yeah, I think 
you know, I'm just trying to think about from being a client's perspective, the last, uh, you've got a, a lot of complications perhaps from their point of view about mm. what's happening and then I'm getting told to exercise at the same time. Yeah. But we know and then the way that you, you've done that is is highlight that the exercising in other areas is not going to you know, cause an increase in, in, in effect of that area um, and it's going to still help with all the deconditioning that we know can happen um, and help with that muscle pump, as you said. So fantastic. So we di- we diverted back back to kind of radiation chemotherapy. What mm-hmm. what is your tips for that with exercise prescription, red flags, all those things? Yep. So we're thinking about the role of exercise and how it changes across the continuum. So we looked at prehab was basically like preparing them for, you know, I use the analogy of a marathon. So we're kind of now in that during phase where we want to keep the patient as fit and strong and as well as they can be to keep going through that marathon or through that treatment. So we know there's a lot of side effects of treatment and um, we know there's so much evidence now um, as to how exercise can help. Um, We primarily look at the fact that exercise is now the first line treatment for managing cancer-related fatigue, which is a side effect of both chemo and radiation. Mm. Um, It can help improve physical function or in the contrast, slow down or reduce deconditioning like you mentioned before. Yeah. So keeping them moving throughout treatments essential to maintain function of every other day life that they want to do. Um, we also know that exercise is incredibly beneficial in reducing psychological distress. Um, it can alleviate symptoms of um, depression and anxiety. And these are things we often screen for either before treatment or at different stages of treatment as well to see how that patient's feeling mm. about different stages of their treatment. Um, and then also just improving general quality of life. There's so many studies out there now to show that patients that are doing, you know, structured exercise or some form of movement during their treatment not only have better cancer-related um, feelings of wellness, but also other health domains as well, you know, mental health, emotional well-being, social well-being, um, sexual function, all those kind of things that mm. are also part of our lives um, and sometimes get put on hold when someone's going through cancer treatment. Yeah. So that's where exercise is so important. And so those are kind of the, the goals during treatment. Yeah, for sure. I think you just tied, on, tied it all up really nicely into the biopsychosocial model. Hey, that's how we really fit in. And I like that analogy of the marathon. Um, I know we talked about it in the last one, but it's almost like you're the pace runner in mm-hmm. a way, isn't it? Yep. Um, and slowing down the pace when it's required. Yes, yes. Uh, speeding up when it's, uh, when it's effective. So... Um, yeah, it's a good, good way to think about it in terms of, um, managing the client through that too. Yeah. Um, any resources or anything that our associates can go to? What's the, what's the recommendation for going to, um, uh, what sites can they go to? What you mentioned the cancer council was one good one. Mm-hmm. Any others out there that helps with treatment during Uh, Sorry, our exercise prescription during treatment as well. Yep. There's a great article by um, Dr. Prue Cormie called Exercise Medicine and Cancer Care. And it's in the AJGP, um, the Australian Journal of General Practice, which we can link in the show notes as well, I'm sure. Yep, for sure. Um, And that has a really nice summary of some of the things (laughs) I've already mentioned about the benefits of exercise. Um, And that's a really good resource for EPs as well as clients. It's really easy to read. Um, Mm. It's written in a really... Um, easier to digest kind of way. There's a few things that might go over their head, but fundamentally there's nice diagrams in there to help sort of um, summate what what exercise can do. Yeah. Um, and there's so many more other things exercise can do during that treatment phase when we look at things like reducing the onset or the risk of 
other comorbidities that might come as a side effect of cancer and or its treatments. Mm. So cardiovascular disease um, and things like osteoporosis. So those are other issues as well that exercise can help with. Yep. Um, and yeah, so that's probably a resource I would, I would recommend. Perfect. All right, let's get down to sort of the nitty gritty stuff with treatment phase as well. So I've always wondered when a client has a treatment day, mm -hmm. so they're going in for chemotherapy or their radiation or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. is it advised that we don't exercise that day or is it individualized or what's sort of the evidence around that? Mm -hmm. It's definitely still been researched mm -hmm. because there's a lot of hospitals and places around that would love to have, and some already do, um, gyms and exercise equipment inside the treatment rooms right. where patients yeah. are actually one exercising before two exercising during or three exercising after their treatment. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, it's definitely individualized. And when I see a patient, um, I usually ask them about, well, how did we feel after this first phase? What days were your good days? Which ways, you know, did you feel rubbish? Yep. Um, and we look at what their treatment cycle feels like for them. Mm. Um, and we work around those days where they're feeling better, not to absolutely smash them and make them do all their exercise then, but to make the most of those days of wellness right. and look at how we might tie in really small bite-sized chunks on those days where they're really not feeling great mm. um, to help with that. But there's some really exciting evidence coming out now that they think um, for some tumor types, so not all cancers, we can't stereotype them all, that exercising during treatment could actually increase the perfusion of that drug yeah. to that tumor site, yeah. which is now super that's, exciting. That's what I've read into as well. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know enough information about it, but um, it's exciting to see there's, there's more research being done into that. Yeah. Um, and, and it sort of, it makes sense in a literal way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You think exercise will increase blood flow. Mm -hmm. If you have treatment mm -hmm. in, your, in your blood flow, then it's going to attack those sites that are required yep. quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay. So... When someone is feeling quite rubbish and they, uh, they, they don't feel like they're up for exercise, mm -hmm. what are the conversations that you're having with them then to try and get them to do something? And yeah. what do you get them to do? So usually we talk about um, what that day might look like for them. And for mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's just, I'm in bed the whole day. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do anything. Right. So we, I, you know, challenge them to think about, well, what's sort of the smallest movement you think you might be able to do? Do you think you could get up and, and do a couple of sit to stands for me that day? You know, for them really. Mm. Um, do you think you could walk out to the leader box? And we discussed, you know, what's, what's some small <clears throat> movement. It doesn't have to be a full exercise workout that they could do on that day. It could be just a case of getting up and I need to get, try to get myself breakfast or lunch that day and, and getting out of that sustained posture of being stuck in bed. Um, and it's definitely much easier said than done. Um, and a lot of patients talk to me about that, those feelings in those days. It's just really hard to do anything. Yeah. So mm. it's, I always just talk about anything's better than nothing. Mm. Um, and any kind of movement we can get them to do can help out mentally and then physically. So we look at, again, I often bring back in some of that evidence about exercise being the first line therapy for fatigue. Unfortunately, um, doing nothing can actually be harmful for fatigue. So mm, even though it sure. feels counterintuitive, I'm buggered, I don't want to exert myself more, the, the mechanism of action is still unclear, but what the body does and produces after doing a little bit of exercise or movement um, in some way can help reduce some of that feeling of exhaustion and fatigue as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about encouraging a little bit of movement um, and 
I dial down sort of the strictness of a of an exercise program that day and just say, hey, can we can we get you moving and celebrate those little wins? Yeah, get up for and sure. Get to the kitchen and back. Yep, that's a win definitely, and really highlight that, um, which again ties back into the psychological and the social kind of side of the biological uh, biopsychosocial model as mm-hmm. well. You in, in, in impacting on that as well. Um, I reckon in terms of the marathon analogy, it's like a little hill, isn't it? Yeah. Now maybe a big hill for them. But again, as you being the, the pacer, mm-hmm. you're encouraging them to get up that that hill. Slow at, down at, maybe a little bit. Slowing down a little bit to yep. get up there uh, and taking in those, you know, kind of trunks. So and, and getting to this milestone and this milestone. And I think another way that I, I feel I've heard you say in the clinic as well is if you can do it when you're at your worst and you're feeling rubbish and you can do those little things like go to the letterbox or do a couple of sit to stands, you've overcome a huge barrier. Mm. You've you you've almost told your body that you are capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be easier next time. And try it out. Like mm. if you say to me, oh, I tried it and you know, it didn't work. I didn't feel good. Okay. We'll try something else. Yeah. Or you might do it and go, yeah, okay. You're right. It worked. I get clients <laughs> coming in all the time and go, I feel like rubbish today. And mm. I go, that's okay. You're allowed to feel like rubbish. And I'm glad you told me. Mm. Let's just start on the bike. We'll do, you know, we'll do a couple of minutes and see how you feel. And yep. usually nine times out of 10, a couple of minutes on the bike or whatever it is we're doing. And I'm just talking to them about, who knows what? <laughs> Distracting them while they're on the bike. Correct. Um, they get off and they go, yeah, I feel, I actually feel a little bit better. Yeah. You kind of get that little smirk and they go, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not always right, but there's evidence to support what we do. Yeah. And I think the other part of that, that um, we haven't really highlighted enough in this conversation is we're very focused on physical at the moment, but what you just said there, Nicole, is you've got them on the bike for a period of time. You've connected with that person. It might not even be about anything to do with their treatment. You may have covered that for the first couple of bits, but you might be just talking about general life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the key of an exercise physiologist role. It's not so uh, linear and one-track minded that they're coming in, they have cancer, we need to get physical improvements. Look at the other two sides of the, of the model. It's huge in terms of psychological outcomes, mm-hmm. social outcomes, like you were mentioning before. And that's us. That's, our, that's how important we are in that in that continuing that in, and generally um, and definitely during the treatment phase. Mm-hmm. Um, we can never underestimate that. And yeah, always, always take that into account. So um, yeah, we almost use exercise sometimes as the secondary, secondary part of it, don't we? Yeah. Where clients will come in and we end up being someone that they can talk to. It's an outing for them. It's, um, it's their, it's their time that they get away from perhaps other stresses in yeah, life. Yeah. And that's fine. Accept that, recognize that and support them through it. The exercise is done on the side and then you can sense, you can throw back to the achievement that they've done. They've made it today. They've done their exercise. They've uh, able to atta- tackle some of those um, fears they may have had. And that's the thing by coming in to see an EP is a lot of people will say to me, it's so much easier now I've got an appointment because mm. I'll turn up to an appointment unless yeah. unless all hell breaks loose. You know, I'll turn up to my appointment. I might not feel great, but it's in my schedule. I've got to go. Yes, I'm paying for it. That sometimes helps. There's a bit of motivation. Yeah, I've got to get sure. there. Yeah. Um, but then they don't, don't have to think about anything. Mm. Like I might give them a home program and it's pretty much spelled out for them, but they still have to think and motivate themselves a little bit to do it. Mm. Um, whereas the beauty, they just turn up and I'll distract them through and we'll get them through a session and they'll, uh, 30 minutes or 45 minutes will fly by. Yeah. Um, and they go, oh, it was nice just to, to rock up and, and do that. But I didn't really have to think too much about it. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, yeah, so powerful that, and it's just that simple switch, isn't it? Imagine and take a step back, everyone listening and think, 
if you're telling a client to do something at home, that's, that's a lot of motivation for themselves to do. Mm-hmm. Um, even think about ourselves with those who don't have cancer and it's a lot of motivation yeah. for us to do something at home. So imagine that if it's just that simple appointment and they're very good with their appointments, uh, and they can come in and not have to think and do something. Yeah. It's, it's going to be beneficial on a multi level. Mm. Yeah. For them. So, um, good. So the last couple of things I wanted to talk about, was there anything, uh, any questionnaires or, uh, things that you use commonly mm-hmm. for those going through treatment yep. to assess their level of fatigue, assess their, um, that, that rubbish feeling or mm-hmm. when they're feeling good. Yep. And does that then dictate what kind of intensity you do your exercise program at? Yep. Good question. So I use the, um, Facet F uh, fatigue questionnaire. As you want to Great. bring up. It yep. also does a little we, bit of quality of life as well. We'll put that in the link as well for everyone to access. Yep. Um, which helps with just a bit of a general overview of sort of quality of life, general well-being and fatigue. Mm. And then if we're starting to see fatigue's really impacting them, then I actually use a fatigue um, kind of like diary, essentially. Yeah, great. Um, okay. Week-long diary, which breaks down each day, which breaks into activities, and I get them to rate it um, if it's cognitively, physically, or emotionally right. low, medium, or high. Yeah. So we talk about the tank um, or the bank, however you want to look at it, like petrol yep. tank or money bank. Um, and your physical, emotional, and um, sort of cognitive efforts all yep. come from the same tank. So you've got to mm. think about using that petrol or that, that money wisely throughout your day. Mm. And sometimes it's a case of just identifying for people that actually daily life can be quite exhausting. Mm. So kids, mm. work, um, whatever else you've got in your life, and a lot of these people are doing every, you know, doing these things thinking, well, it's just part of my daily life. I've got to get that done. Mm. Um, and helping them identify what's actually causing maybe a bit more fatigue than they realise yeah. and how to pace themselves. So it, it provides a tool to not only identify, but to show them and educate, and then you can use it as a tool later down the track. Yeah, and I think this is also very replicated as well with when we were talking to Gage about the pain cup. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar analogy, isn't yep. it? Yeah, yep. for sure. And then I often use like a distress thermometer. So you can use that to identify, you know, how are they actually feeling on that day? So you can use that in sessions or, you know, every couple of weeks to see where they're at. Mm. It also gives them a bit of a tick list and I can add that in the show notes as well for them to identify what part of their life is actually distressing. You know, is it, is it relationships? Is it, is it family? Is it work? What other, other parts beyond just their cancer is actually causing them some stress in their life? So we can see that. Um, and yeah, and then the rest is kind of just your general testing that I'll do as we go through to yep. see function. And that's the important part. What Nicole's just highlighted is subjective analysis is so important in these populations and for anyone, but particularly as a population because of the side effects from treatment, the level of fatigue, the variety, the, the variability that you mm. see in your client. Um, so going through these things uh, and the questionnaires is useful tools to then dictate what exercise you can do from there yeah. in a safe manner, in a safe and effective manner. All right, Nick, we're going to wrap up. What's your take-home points for our listeners out there um, the during treatment phase? Yeah, so for all the EPs out there who may or may not specialise in oncology, um, our role as allied health professionals and the role of all allied health professionals is to discuss the importance of exercise mm. with these patients. So um, if you don't feel super comfortable taking them through that and you want to send them to a specialist, refer on. There's physios and exercise physiologists who specialize in this area for a reason. Yep. Um, but that's the, that's the position statement that COSA came out with and basically mm. said discuss, recommend, and then refer. Um, 
for a lot of these patients, most of them, it's going to be more harmful not to do exercise during treatment. Mm. It's just really important that we find out what's going on for them and what's going to be best for them. 100%. And it's great. It sounds like it's such a good client management, uh, that for the sake of a better word or term, but you're managing the client through there and you're being that support, like the marathon analogy, where, where the pacer mm-hmm. by their side. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at all factors that can influence um, and have a great outcome on the biopsychosocial model there as well. So um, fantastic stuff. We have learnt so much today. We're going to continue with our continuum and further discussions. So we look forward to that. But thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Body Track Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends to check it out. If you're not already in the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up. Join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content.